Welcome to We Talk Banking and Finance from Walkers, where every fortnight we talk to colleagues and peers about the latest trends in offshore finance. Welcome to We Talk Banking and Finance from Walkers. My name's Sarah Hall and I'm a partner in the Risk and Regulatory Department and I'm based in Walkers London office. I practice Cayman Islands and British Virgin Islands law. I'm very pleased to say that for this episode, we're joined by Max de Guillemot, the Chief Executive Officer of Zodia Custody. And we're talking today about all things related to cryptocurrencies and digital assets. This is a stream of work that Walkers is very focused on across all of our jurisdictions globally. And we've been working with digital asset clients since 2017. Max, as the CEO of Zodia Custody, is the perfect person to give us the custodian's perspective. Zodia Custody is the partnership between Standard Chartered and Northern Trust, and it is entrusted with safeguarding and administering crypto assets for institutional clients. Zodia Custody has very recently achieved their successful registration with the UK FCA, where incidentally I used to work many years ago now. And even more recently, Zodia Custody has won the award for Digital Assets Initiative of the Year at the prestigious Leaders in Custody Awards. Max, who joins us today, is Zodia's CEO with a global remit, and he leads Zodia Custody's mission to enable institutional investors to safely and securely participate in the future of investing. So, Max, welcome. Thank you, Sarah, and uh, thanks to the Walkers team to, for having me today. And my first question for Max is congratulations, first of all, on the successful registration of Sodia in, in the UK with the FCA. What tips would you have as takeaways from that successful registration process? very timely question considering the FCA has just almost closed its temporary regime and now most of the 32, 33 firms that have sort of successfully registered or have converted into, I would say, a commercially live offering. Maybe as a bit of background, because it's it's very important to to understand where Zodiac Custody comes from, because that explains a little bit of you know, the approach we've taken when it comes to this FCA registration, uh, but also other regulatory authorization we have thought or are seeking. Zodia Custody was originally established as a wholly owned subsidiary of Standard Chartered Bank. It was incorporated in, in the UK, uh, which explains why Zodia has sort of very quickly registered or sought to register with, with the FCA. During the, the, the course of the application, Northern Trust decided to have a strategic partnership with, with Zodia Custody and, and became a minority shareholder. All of this to say that, I suppose, slightly different background and, and shareholders from other applicants, but from a, from a Zodia Custody perspective, uh, we very much looked at offering custody in a way a traditional Securities custodian will, will, will offer custody. We've looked at standards of governance, financial crime, compliance, AML, cyber. In a very same way, a regulated financial institution would look at these kind of uh, standards simply because 
not only do we share a shareholding with the Standard Chartered Group, but we clearly all have the same DNA. So the way we've approached the, the, the FCA registration is very much with a set of governance, risk management approach, and obviously specifically for, for, for this AMLD5 registration with very, very strict compliance and financial crime uh, policy standards, risk appetite, and so forth. And over now to the client side, because that's essentially what it's all about. Are you able to share with us feedback from the client experience to date in respect of Zodiac custody? So I would say we're somewhat fortunate and somewhat unfortunate in, in our launch. Zodiac custody was initiated by, by Standard Chartered back in 2018, so, so quite some, 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 some years ago. And because we were not one of the first ones, to get into crypto uh, crypto asset custody, we could really learn from the from the market on not only what our clients looking for, but also what our other uh, providing. And because of the experience in the banking sector of other asset classes such as FX, for example, we could somewhat I wouldn't say second guess, but we understand the life cycle of these assets, and we could anticipate some of the market changes. What that means from a product perspective is that while, while we, when we started this, this project, uh, crypto was equal to Bitcoin and custody was essentially a buy and hold strategy for most clients. And typically the deepest the cold storage or the deeper the bunker, the better, which is obviously something which is no longer true today. We, we're seeing a, a lot of activities around clients which are no longer buying and holding crypto assets, uh, but they are now a lot more active around trading these assets, generating yields over these assets, and, 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 and it's no longer just Bitcoin. Uh, it's very much a whole suite of top, top 5, top 10, top 20 crypto assets that our clients are generally interested in. When we looked at launching the, the custody offering product, uh, we very quickly realized that our clients were no longer after custody, but our clients were focusing a lot more on a whole range of asset servicing, custody being one of them, settlement being another one. And with settlement, really, it's important to understand that our clients want to take advantage of the sort of instant settlement as opposed to the traditional T plus two. Very important also to understand the regulatory aspect of a third-party custodian, so the various authorization, like the uh, registration with the FCA, but not only. Uh, other geographies and jurisdictions have come up with, with their own authorization, licensing, registration process for virtual asset service provider that includes custodian. So compliance services around authorization, having the right regulatory oversight, having the right due diligence on counterparties because that the crypto market is largely an unregulated market still today and and very few players come from the traditional uh, finance side of things uh, so doing due diligence on liquidity providers on liquidity pools on exchanges on brokers uh, was an essential part of what our clients were asking for then came the travel rule for uh, those of you who may not be fully aware of what the travel rule is it's essentially the the sort of parallel of the, the, the equivalent of payment transparency for crypto, uh, which sort of mandates virtual asset service providers 
to exchange remitters and beneficiaries information for any crypto transfers. It's not low yet in all markets, but it's likely to become low in all markets. It's, it remains a fat app guidance for the time being, except in, I think, Hong Kong, Singapore, Switzerland, the US. But the UK should follow through relatively uh, quickly. We expect that to come through in, in, in 2022. And the travel rule essentially means that you need to build a network an information network across multiple parties to be able to comply with these guidance or, 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 or travel rule uh, requirements and exchange such information. So, so uh, that was really, I would say, on custody plus settlement. And then, again, uh, from a buy and hold situation based on which most providers have built their offering, the increasing frequency of trading crypto assets means that connectivity to liquidity pools was also extremely important. So this is, again, something that we get relatively frequently from our clients is, is the ability to connect, is the ability to distribute potentially collateral across venues, limit the amount of pre-funding, make the structure capital efficient uh, when it comes to trading, uh, figuring out how to provide leverage. Um, and the last bit, which, which I suppose is nascent at the moment, but we expect that to be the norm in the next coming uh, weeks or months, is the ability to generate yield. Uh, it's great to, to own an asset, but like all asset class, uh, clients want to generate yield over these assets. So, so again, the, the, going back to your original question, because I, I realize I've answered it in a fairly long way, the feedback was very positive because we could learn a lot from the market we also and i think it's important to mention we we engineered our own platform based on experience of others based on previous hacks as well from a security standpoint based on client experience in traditional finance and we've inserted the dna of institutional clients and their user experience and what they expect in terms of integration in terms of navigation, in terms of services. We've combined all of that with obviously a fairly rapidly changing crypto market where services are evolving very, very quickly to a lot more complex services, which tend to be a lot closer to traditional finance than it is to the buy and hold Bitcoin. What would be the one thing that you wish you'd known when starting out on this journey? So I wish I had known, and we started in 2018, so I wish I had known that Bitcoin would, would go from 8,000 or 6,000 to whatever, 60, 70,000, because that would have personally bought a lot more uh, <laughs> crypto assets. <laughs> but uh, jokes apart, I think from a, from, from, a, from a custody standpoint, I think we got certain things right. And very early on, we, we, we looked at compliance and financial crime related to anonymity as something which we had to be very, very careful about and, and being able to mitigate uh, in order to launch uh, a, a, a custody and asset servicing solution being part of a regulated financial institution. We had very quickly identified that cyber risk was going to be absolutely key to manage when it comes to securing uh, private keys, and it's even truer now because it's no longer the private keys just of a wallet, but we now have staking keys, we now have DeFi sort of private key where assets could be placed elsewhere. So, so the, 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 the element of securing these private public key pairs, also known as wallets, 
uh, we knew were going to be extremely critical, and they continue to be. What possibly we did not anticipate, uh, or at least the speed of the changes, both on the regulatory side and on, I would say, the more crypto-native side of things, was something that we, don't, we didn't necessarily anticipate. So while Zodia is, the Zodia's technology uh, is able to adapt, uh, I wish I had known, if that's really the question, I wish I had known when, when, when Zodia started that we needed to gear for a lot more activity from a regulatory standpoint, including you know, additional authorization licenses, the emergence of MICA in Europe. Uh, most of the central banks now are uh, coming up with various frameworks. Uh, we're seeing consultation in Australia. We're seeing uh, consultation, obviously, in the UK. And, and obviously, the big one to, to look out for is the US, because while it's relatively fragmented, there is clearly a lot of discussions within the various regulatory authorities in the US to figure out a way to uh, regulate the space. That's really uh, an area where uh, we're spending a lot of time at the moment, providing input to consultation to regulators wherever we can. Uh, but that's obviously a space that we thought would be fairly unregulated and actually is being regulated a lot faster than we thought it would be. The second element of it is when I say crypto native or you know, crypto specific development. Once again, 2018, 2019, it was largely Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, there was no concept of layer two. There was no concept of proof of stake. There was no concept of staking. There was no concept of DeFi. There was no concept of, and, and the list sort of goes on and will probably continue to go on. Uh, we're now seeing metaverse and we're now seeing NFTs being flavor of the month at, at a pace which, to be fair, has not been seen for the past 50 or 100 years in, in, in finance in, in general. And that requires a lot of agility. Uh, not just around the technical ability and, 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 and the IT side of the business, but it's adapting your offering, it's adapting or reviewing your compliance, your financial crime standards and governance model, it's understanding the risks, and a lot of the risks do not exist in traditional finance. So it's a fast-evolving space, and as I said, I, I not something we had anticipated and it almost feels that whenever you know you come up with a solution or a product, there is something new that mushrooms somewhere else. And obviously, from a from a from a Zodia standpoint, because we we have oversight of a uh, by the FCA in, in the UK, uh, because we're part of a regulated financial institutional uh, financial group, because we service institutional clients, we have fiduciary duties. Well, it's very exciting to see developments happening, and we get a lot of questions on the latest NFT the latest metaverse, et cetera. We have to make sure we do a complete due diligence on the risk. We have to make sure that we master the product that we're going to be launching and we are 100% sure that it meets all of our standards across risk management, cyber, compliance, financial crime, et cetera, et cetera. And that is something that, as I said, we, we, we're learning a little bit as we go, uh, probably like the rest of the ecosystem, but uh, that's, that was a, a very, very steep learning curve uh, but I'm pretty confident that we, we're managing it relatively well, and <laughs> we managed to have the the agility of a of a smaller, 
I wouldn't like to call us fintech, but the, the agility of a smaller firm, uh, keeping obviously the DNA and the standards of a, of, a, of a regulated financial institution, which we've leveraged quite a lot when it comes to, to, to their approach to risk. Well, super, super interesting. And it's definitely the experience we've had here at Walkers as well. There's a lot to learn and things are moving very, very fast. Looking ahead in, let's say, if we were having this conversation in 12 months' time, maybe an unfair question <laughs> based on what you've said. Do you think it's possible to say what three topics we might be talking about in, in 12 months' time? No crystal balls, obviously. None of these three topics will be predicting the price of crypto. But I certainly see yield, as I mentioned earlier, being absolutely key. And what's very interesting with yield is the fact that you have a crypto way of generating yield and you have a traditional finance way of generating yield. The crypto way is obviously all of the elements around DeFi, all the elements around staking, which are just nascent, I think. The total value lock in the DeFi protocol is around $250 billion. But it's absolutely fascinating to see the ability that DeFi protocols offer to any holders of crypto. Plenty of unknowns, plenty of question marks. Uh, on, on, but, but I think that's definitely a space to, to, to watch. We've seen with the, the, the debates at the you know, European uh, Commission around proof of stake versus proof of work, there is clearly a direction that proof of stake will be the sort of default consensus mechanism going forward for most chains, which means that there are opportunities to generate yield uh, through uh, staking uh, mechanism, which is still relatively new as well, but another way of generating yield. And then there is, I would say, the, the traditional finance solution, which, uh, which again, one, one cannot ignore. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of Margin loans, sec lending, repo type of type of financing, but I can guarantee that why all of the lenders today are looking at it, it's going to be, I would say, a must-have in twelve months' time. So in twelve months, I would say, large topic number one would generate would be generating yield over crypto assets. I would hope that in twelve months' time we wouldn't be talking about whether a regulator in the largest markets, such as the US, Luxembourg, Ireland, would allow or not allocation of crypto assets into alternative funds. I think you sits maybe more for 24 to 36 months discussion, but at least on the alternative for professional investors, I would definitely think that in 12 months' time, that is going to be the main topic and potentially ETFs, so spot ETF in the US. And with this, the, the, the conversation around what well, is great to have allocation into crypto, but what does that mean for the rest of the ecosystem? What does that mean for the depositories? What does that mean for the fund admin? What does that mean for the auditors? What does that mean for a variety of participants, including law firms, by the way, on, on applications? on management, on, on licensing potentially as well of, of uh, AFMD or, or, or equivalent. Uh, so I would say that that particular ability to allocate more freely crypto assets into existing uh, regulated investment vehicle is, is likely to be 
very topical in 12 months' time and something that from a Zodiac standpoint will definitely be, uh, or we intend to play a fairly big role. I would say the third bullet point is what we don't know yet. Now, I can't tell you with this NFT, I can't tell you whether this will be metaverse, but I'm, I can certainly expect something new to come up. And I think the innovation in that space is absolutely relentless. So, so I would say always keep a little bit of time and resources and brain power for things you don't expect, <laughs> which, which will probably become extremely popular within your client base, whether you like it or not. But I would always carve out a part of you know, resources uh, in order to, to, to your look at podcast, what the latest call insights from around our teams or, in Europe, Asia, and the Caribbean. If you've enjoyed this episode, please critical. like, share, and, and maybe subscribe. going back to, I wish I had known certain things. I wish I had known that anything that looks like a roadmap beyond 12 months is completely crazy in crypto world. There is no such thing. You can do six to 12 at best, but you always need to reassess your priorities and, and understand where the market is is, is heading. Uh, it's not a straight line whatsoever. So yes, that these are these are my three sort of guesses. I'm pretty certain the first two. Uh, the third one is a bit of a bit is a bit, bit of a bet. We really appreciate your insights, and we will continue the conversation and hope to see you and talk again to you in the next twelve months. Thanks very much again. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to We Talk Banking and Finance from Walkers. 